0: Lord, your spirit blows where it will, we do not control you or your work. Your spirit blows where it will, and we pray that it might blow through this place. That we might experience that which the scriptures call eternal life, abundant life, life that lasts. Jesus name Amen so in our scripture passage for this morning a man named Nicodemus comes looking for Jesus under the cover of darkness this guy's a teacher a religious leader he might even be one of the higher up ones but he's heard that Jesus has before been performing signs And wonders. Last chapter, Jesus turned water into wine. So Nicodemus and his fellow officials are impressed. I mean, I'd be impressed. You know, I'm impressed when somebody goes out and buys more wine for the party, you know, when it runs out. But Jesus just makes it from water. Rabbi, he says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from. The presence of God. Nicodemus knows that something about God is afoot. He's drawn to Jesus by the rumor of a miracle. We don't know exactly what interests Nicodemus about Jesus' miracles, what kind of miracle he himself is looking for, but we know that Nicodemus is drawn to them for the reason we all are drawn to miracles because they point to some kind of immediate change, an instant transformation. He's looking for something that has the potential to alter everything in life for him and his people, just like that, instantly. But in case you haven't noticed, uh, if you've read the scriptures before, especially in John, Jesus can be a real pain sometimes. He doesn't exactly speak Uh, speak in ways that are super clear for everybody who hears him. Nicodemus comes looking for his miracle, but Jesus seems to be talking right past him, right over his head. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus says, very truly no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. We've talked about this a lot. When the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's talking about heaven. Yes, But heaven not just as a place where we go when we die, but God's rule on earth. Everything set right. Human life and creation the way God intends it to be. God and creation, one and together, permanently and forever. One that can be experienced here and now. You can't see this kingdom, Jesus says. You can't see God's work in the world unless you're born from above or born again. The Greek can actually mean either. It's kind of intentional, kind of a double meaning. Like I said, Jesus is not super clear in John. The great New Testament scholar Raymond Brown just says, you know, just say them both. Born again from above. There you go. Problem solved. So this leaves Nicodemus confused. All this talk about being born again. uh, It's not really possible, Jesus, for a grown man like me to go through the birth canal again. Points this out to Jesus. He thinks Jesus is speaking nonsense. He thinks it means literally becoming a baby again. You know, scrunching back up into a little fetus and making the birthday journey all over again. This is what Nicodemus thinks is going on. But him and Jesus are talking past each other. Like I said, very truly, I tell you, Jesus repeats... No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. So not only can you not see this kingdom without being born again from above, you can't enter into it. You can't walk right in. You can't be a part of it. You can't participate in it. You can't see the world the way God wants it to be, and you can't live in the world the way God wants you to, unless you are born by water, born the first time, and born by the Spirit, reborn a second time by God's very own Spirit. Unless you are born again from above, you can't see or experience heaven here and now. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus, drawn by the prospect of a miracle, something quick, something easy, an instant change, but Jesus just goes in a different direction. It's just not that easy, Jesus says. For real change to happen, you have to start from scratch. To enter and to see the kingdom of God, to experience it, to live in it, to see the world the way it's meant to be, and to experience life the way it's meant to be, Jesus says, you have to be born again from above. Jesus says that real change doesn't come out about by miracles. He says this as somebody who performs them, apparently, but Jesus' miracles themselves point to this new life that's happening in their midst. It's not that easy. It just is not that easy. And that's the hard truth for us, isn't it? There is no easy way to the life that we want. There is no easy way to change. Can I confess something to you? Uh, Might as well. I want to win the lottery. You're like, oh, yeah. You and me, everybody, yeah. Like, really want to win the lottery. I don't buy tickets, maybe that's the problem. So that probably makes things kind of hard. But I want to win. I've come to realize that it wouldn't be the money, though, which would be nice. Wouldn't be the stuff I could buy, which would be nice, too. But I've realized that I want to win the lottery mostly because of the effect it had, I'd expect it to have on my life. It had changed everything. Bills paid, house paid off, all the house maintenance things I keep putting off. It could even have positive effects on relationships. I could afford to fly and visit my grandparents and parents on a whim. We could go somewhere amazing and interesting on vacation. I want to win the lottery because it would fix my life overnight. And I wouldn't have to do any work to make it happen. That's why I want to win the lottery. It would change everything just like that. And I think it's safe to assume that I'm not alone in this hope. Not just about the lottery, but I think many of us, if not all of us, have this desire for something that could change our lives in an instant. If it's not the lottery, maybe it's a new diet or a new cleanse. If it's not the lottery, maybe it's a new routine, maybe it's a new piece of equipment. For me, my exercise machine, of course, is going to change everything about my life. All I got to do is get on there and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Or maybe even the right pills maybe even the right drink, something that will help us give up our vices or addictions or be better people for our friends and spouses, or something to overcome our pains and struggles. We all desire something that could hit our lives like a lightning bolt, one that sets fire to all the junk and leaves us with something new and good, something new and good, maybe even someone new and good, a miracle, a quick fix. And this is what Nicodemus comes to Jesus after, really, in the end. He's hoping to get in on what he sees as an instant fix. This guy can make stuff happen. Something that instantly changes everything, like winning a lotto ticket. But Jesus says, it just ain't the way it works. Change doesn't happen that way. No matter how many times I tell myself, just the fact that I have the exercise equipment means everything will change. It won't. That's not to say miracles, unexpected, against the odd turnaround moments aren't necessarily possible. They are possible. But it means that change, real change in our lives, real change in the world isn't so simple. It isn't so easy. There's no easy way to the life we hunger for. No quick fix. Real change has to start from the ground up. Jesus says, from the main floor. Got to be born again. Got to be born from above. Maybe both at the same time. Whole new life, whole new person, and that's the hard truth that Jesus tells Nicodemus and the hard truth he tells us. That is the hard truth and maybe the hardest one as a human being That the change we need is at a fundamental level, a restart. It needs to begin from the ground up. But no matter how hard we try, we can't generate the kind of depth of change we need. Nicodemus is kind of dense, just like me. He doesn't really get what Jesus is saying. How's that possible, he asks. Still thinking maybe that Jesus is speaking at the literal level, you know, like, Okay, baby born again. Me, adult, born again, baby. Don't get it. Okay. But with this question, Nicodemus unintentionally kind of tells the truth. You know, like how sometimes you're like, you know, but who could be so foolish to believe that? And you're the one who believes it, right? He knows that it's not possible. He knows the change isn't possible. That's the truth that he actually says. Just like how we know this kind of change, this kind of newness, isn't really possible, at least not on our own, no matter what we do and no matter how hard we try. Like us, Nicodemus knows what he needs, comes searching for it, but doesn't know how to get it. And when Jesus points out that he needs to start right over again, he doesn't think it's possible for him to do. But then, of course, enter Jesus. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound, but you don't know where it comes and where it goes. Nicodemus thought he could find the right answer, the quick fix, but Jesus talks about the spirit that brings new life as something we can't control. We can't force it. It blows wherever it likes. Like the wind, it blows into our lives unannounced. It's an intrusion, change, new life, being born again, from above, isn't something we do. According to Jesus, it's something God does. It's the work of God's Spirit. And when it touches down, it changes everything. The way we see the world and the way we understand the world. It's not under our control. can't force the change. Now, if you know me, You'll know that I can be kind of skeptical about supernatural things. And to be honest, I'm reluctant to refer to myself as someone who's been born again from above or otherwise, mostly because of the televangelist-style baggage that comes with that. Maybe that stuff kind of freaks you out, like it freaks me out a little bit. Ooh. I've never had that explosive, life-changing experience that so many others mean when they talk about being born again. But there is one moment in my life that I've come to understand in this way. Three and a half years ago, Cheyenne and I were right in the middle of the birth of our second son, Abraham. It was a home birth. Yes, we're those people. It was a home birth in our bedroom, in our small apartment on the campus of the University of British Columbia, ordinary situation, a couple of midwives were there for support. It came down to the final few pushes and all I can remember is the midwife handing Cheyenne this naked newborn baby. And I can't really describe the feeling I had at that moment. There was that joy of parenthood, for sure. You know, that one that you sort of get if you've ever been a parent. You're like, ooh, I'm scared. (laughs) But wonderfully scared, right? But there was also this something more. There was this something more that was there. I don't know, an electricity or something like that. And Cheyenne looked at me with tears in her eyes and just said, God is good. She just said, God is good. And I just said, yup. Now at that moment, I felt like I finally understood something. No, I guess I am describing the way it felt now. Anyway, at that moment, I felt like I finally understood something like the wind setting the hair on the back of my neck on end. I felt like I could see the kingdom of heaven. I felt like in that moment, all three of us were standing right in the middle of it. This beauty, this grace, this moment that just felt like eternity. Well, let's add a cliche on there. Let's add some more cliches. No offense to our first son, Walter, But I didn't feel that way when he was born, that same way. Because the spirit blows where it will. Though now I'm actually able to look back on Walter's birth too and understand it in the same way. Because now I see my life completely differently. I no longer see my life as the sum of my achievements. I no longer see my life as something to be grasped at and fixed. I no longer see my life as my own. And now I look at my life and hear Cheyenne's words, God is good. I look at my life and understand it as nothing less than a gift. I am certainly not perfect I am not there yet, hope to be someday, but I am not there yet. But I can honestly say that this understanding has made me into a better father, it has made me into a better husband, it has made me less fearful, even in our fearful world and our fearful times, more open to the pain and suffering in others, in way, of others in ways I never thought possible. This experience of beginning anew, beginning afresh, isn't something I did on my own. But in that moment, the Spirit blew like the wind wherever it could be, wherever it decided to go. And I experienced God's Spirit creating a new person in my deepest self. And the only way, the only language I really have to talk about that now is that I was being born again from above or otherwise. Friends, we all want to start again. We want a new life, a new start. And we'll try just about anything to get it, but it isn't that easy. It requires a restart becoming a whole new person, being born again from above. But it's not something we can create, not something we can strive for or accomplish. No. It's God's doing from beginning to end. The work of the Holy Spirit blows where it will. So the good news for us is that starting over, new life is indeed possible because the wind is already blowing. The Holy Spirit is already at work, moving in and among us, giving birth to new life in each of us, even now. Even now. For God so loved the world that he sent the Son, so that those who believe in him, trust in him, may have eternal life, may know that quality, that dimension of real life here and now. Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The Spirit blows where it may, which means new life is possible. And thank God for that. Amen.